Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi, hello, happy Thanksgiving, happy Shecker season. Welcome to Minus Three presented as ever by Omaha. We're ready to roll here. I'm sure you are too. Into some pie, into some gravy, most importantly, into some stuffing. Some quick notes for you on this Thanksgiving week here at Minus Three to give you the to the lay of the land here. Me, Kevin Hench, Eddie Spaghetti, you're about to listen to us kibitz about this, that, and the other, about the world of sports for a few minutes here. We're also going to have a Thanksgiving special um, three-minute pregame show for you covering the trio of Thanksgiving games. We'll also have our usual 15-minute NFL pregame show. We'll also give you a Michigan-Ohio State pick in there as well. That'll post at its usual time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Black Friday. So you'll we have you covered, but this is going to be our one and only proper full minus three episode we appreciate you checking it out and making time for us even during turkey week here like i say it's checker season two that's when all good things start happening less work more booze more pie lots and lots of football let's talk about it with our guy kevin hench and eddie spaghetti there behind the glass hench how are you how was the football weekend the sports weekend at large for you well, well first of all happy thanksgiving and so much to be thankful for for me and spaghetti, not so much for you. See, spaghetti and I are thankful because our football teams, the Patriots and Giants, are so bad mm. that our year cannot be ruined by the officiating. Like, we're not going to be, you know, the, a, a terrible call is not going to cost the Patriots a spot in the playoffs. But I did this thing uh, on Sunday, which was, I think, really smart, which, you know, they don't talk about this in, when you're in recovery. Like recovery is like hardcore. Like if you drink a bottle of Jack Daniels every day, you 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 can't dial that back to half a bottle every day. But that's kind of what I did on Sunday. Like I didn't watch. I didn't do my usual ten hours of football. I did about five hours of football. Hmm. I really I was picking and choosing. But what was hilarious is anytime I popped in on a game, there was a terrible call immediately to remind me that this will never change. And, and, you know, I was thinking about, you know, we, we, um, we've had arguments about the, the hockey officials swallowing the whistle and making sure the, the players decide the game in the third period of a playoff game. And then, you know, one of the things NBA officials do that I actually like, I think drives the players nuts is like on a breakaway, there's a lot of contact. The ref waits to see if the guy made the basket to see if the contact impacted the play. And then if it rolls off the rim, he gives you that late whistle, two free throws, because obviously the contact is why the guy missed the layup. I like that. I like the officials saying, I don't want to decide the game. NFL, exactly the opposite. We do want to. I told you, by the way, I don't want to interrupt your rant, but I mentioned it, I think, a week or two ago. I caught Gene Steratori on the radio with our guys Bauman and Crawford in Pittsburgh. And he said, you don't need to make the call. You don't need to make every call. Just make the calls that impact plays, basically, exactly. is, is what he's so, getting so, at. That's you know, absolutely what, right. The NF, what the NBA does, right, 
if you dribble yourself into a cul-de-sac where you are in a triple team with the shot clock running down and then you kind of throw your body into guys, what NBA refs do, and I can't believe I'm complimenting NBA refs. That's how bad the NFL officiating is. I'm, I'm showing NBA officiating as excellent compared to the NFL refs. What NBA refs do is they're like, hey, buddy you're going to have to be violently assaulted for us to give you two free throws because you're in such, you've created such a lousy opportunity. We're not going to bail you out with a whistle. NFL does the exact opposite. Hey, Packers, you've played yourself into third and 20. Well, we are ready to call a ticky tack. We are ready to call any illegal contact. I mean, you know, Pukunuku is running across the end zone. He trips over his own feet as Stafford floats a ball to nowhere. I mean, it's a non-play. It is the NFL equivalent of a guy throwing his arms and legs into a triple team in the NBA. And in the NFL, we are always looking to bail you out. There's there's a little illegal contact away from the play. There's there's incidental contact like the NFL. And so it's like, why can't to 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 is it steratore or steratory? Are you doing a joke? I thought it was Gene Steratore. No, no, I thought it was Gene Steratore. Yeah, I, I can never tell. You said last week too. I didn't I want to correct know. it. I don't like. I thought he was doing a bit. I think it's Steratore. Okay. Anyway, but to his point, would it be so bit, hard? But then again, mo- people don't get most of my bits, so I guess. I I, 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 for the would court. it be so hard in training camp to just go, "Hey, man, swallow your whistle, keep your flag dry, don't decide the outcome of the game." I mean, we, you know, you can give it that half a beat like you know in the in the Colts Browns game earlier just wait a half a second and see if the quarterback is getting sacked while you you know like it's if if the illegal contact is what prevents the receiver from breaking open and and the quarterback throwing it but like if the quarterback is being swallowed by five guys while your your guy is is touching the receiver at six and a half yards don't decide the game it's not that hard anyway so very thankful that that my Patriots will not be cost a playoff <laughs> spot in week 18 by a that terrible was a ball. lovely sentiment, which one, of you know, which one of, you know, like check, you know, the Steelers will be right there on the bubble in the final week of the season. And, it, you know, they'll probably get the call because they're the luckiest team in football, but um, even their luck couldn't, couldn't drag them. Across. Your wife and two girls are going to love that. That's going to be really powerful at the Thanksgiving table. When you, when you uh, repeat what you just said to us, that's going to be, what am I thankful for? <laughs> the referee rant. I'll go last. I'll go last. Yeah, well, that's good. Um, Thank you, girls. I do think that um, the, uh, of, of course, you're right. I appreciate, listen, all the listeners out there, more and more with each passing week, Hench is the voice of vexed sports fans because of the refereeing. People continue to drop us a line on all that. It's great stuff. I do also want to shout out very quickly, Hench. We're thankful for you this holiday season. And so is the television audience, the streaming audience. Santa Claus is promoted prominently in a number of places. If you want to support Kevin Hench, go watch uh, Santa Claus is uh, one of his many, many um, Hollywood showbiz uh, productions there. So most no, uh, no stuff. horrible officiating in that entire series. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. 
You know, when the conversation turns tampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. Omaha full. The word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit Gambling Helpline MA.org. Michigan, call 1 800 270 7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1 800 Gambler or West Virginia, 1 800 Gambler.net, New York, call 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY 467 369. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Spaghetti is feeling good. He got a win from Tommy DeVito. Um, Interested where the Giants fan of factors into all this, how what the emotions are. I have to say very quickly as we get into our goat and goats um, here this week, the uh, examining the spectrum of greatness and putridity. Is that a word, Hench? Putridity? Sure. That seems like that would be okay. Territory is not a word, but no, indeed. I went with that anyway. So I guess, yeah, I'm on a roll. Um, this, what's going on, like, I. My conclusion about what you just touched on there, the Pittsburgh Steelers and how unwatchable they are and everything else, they're six and four and they're in the playoff mix. 
but it is undeniable at this point. And it breaks my heart that Kenny Pickett, the pit kid, I, as I always said, like, you got to take the shot spiritually, but the doubt of bringing the pit kid across the hallway to the professional locker room, same building. And if it works, it'll be that much sweeter. I feel so bad. My primary emotion as a great empath is I feel really sad for Kenny Pickett. Imagine being that guy right now. I know he's I know he's 37 years old. He's not a child, but um, still imagine he's been in Pittsburgh and now everybody in the city that he calls home for the last, what, eight, 10 years now, everybody is booing him and saying, please put in Mason Rudolph. It is the all time example of the backup is the most popular guy in any football town. Do, the, the, the calls to put in Mitchell Trubisky. Do you just have amnesia about what Mitchell Trubisky looks like, everybody? That's not going to be the answer. And I have convinced myself, I'm not trying to point fingers in other directions. I think Mason Rudolph would get the job done, which means that I have amnesia too, that we have, it's been so long since we've seen that cat that I've convinced myself, like he might get it done. I know that the reality of the situation is so unsatisfying on a, you know, on a macro level, but I, I don't know what, they're supposed to do at six and four. Are they supposed to be making major changes right now when the destination appears to be a wild card slot? I don't know what sense to make of it. I do know that the different football towns have different standards among fan bases and otherwise, because Pittsburgh is on fire right now about what, about what's happening there. And they're six and four. All right. I am that being said, I'm vastly disappointed because of expectations that I had this year. I thought that this was the year they announced themselves on a different level. So far, they have not. There's still seven games left, but I'm in the mix still, so I'm feeling it. I'm all caught up in my emotions. I'm curious, Eddie Spaghetti, the Giants fans, the Bears fans, whoever else is in the mix for Caleb Williams slash Drake May and all of that, how does that Tommy DeVito throwing three touchdown passes strike you? Well, we found our franchise quarterback. So, I mean, Tommy DeVito is the answer, um, which is great. Local, you know, you know, keep it in Jersey. That's that's the best thing. Um, I never maybe this sounds like uh, I'm like taking it lightly, but I, I was you know talking to my Giants fans friends yesterday. And I was like, I never assumed the Giants would only win. They wouldn't. They're not going to end the season with two wins. I just thought that they there was enough bright spots. They would have and they own the commanders. They have been for the last X amount of years. Like they just they cannot beat them. Um, I mean, the commanders cannot beat the Giants. So I thought there was a chance they win that. I think there's a chance they could win. In maybe the Patriots game or they have a couple of games, the Rams, the Packers, like who knows how those games go. I yeah, think but do you want them to is the point. Well, I already kind of programmed myself to being like the Giants are going to probably pick in the closer to the 10th pick than the first pick. And if they have to move up, if they're dead set, if Shane and Dave, like we're going to go make a move, we're going to go get May or, or, or Caleb Williams. They're going to probably have to just give other assets to move up. Um, the, the Daniel Jones out in the contract gets a lot easier after next year. Daniel Jones will be on the Giants next year. Um, so he will be on the team. He'll be the highest paid backup in NFL history, or he'll be the starter until they want to put the backup in. So I think the Giants are going to go into the next season with Jones plus a rookie is my guess. I think that if they really are serious about those the top two guys, they will have to move up. But um, you, not you if know. they not if they I mean, I to me, like we talked about a week ago or before these games, it seems pretty clear to me that you can't just tank out loud. You can't just say it's impossible. What else could all, they do? You we can't. We're not going to bench our 15 best players. But what you can do 
is the same thing as, you know, I just watched the doc or I was watching the, the Ken birds baseball documentary in the 1919 scandal. It's like, you don't need everybody. You just need a couple key guys. You need the pitcher. If you have the, the, if you control the quarterback, you can decide if you win or lose. Tommy DeVito really mucked that up real good. Like Dexter Lawrence, you're sure. playing man, but Tommy DeVito, we know there are better human beings available, but you give us the sweet spot of like, we're trying everybody. And we have a local kid in there. Isn't that a nice story? He stinks and he's not going to win any games. What did you just do to us, Tommy DeVito? You good for you, Spider. You just screwed us. Hench, bring some bring some sense to this conversation. Well, Patriots, do you want the Patriots to lose this weekend, right? Well, th- so that so that the Patriots can have the number two overall pick and then and then trade down with spaghetti <laughs> giants at 10 right. because Belichick's got his eye on an offensive guard that nobody <laughs> has heard of. Like it's like this is the, the double whammy. It's like we're gonna tank out perfectly, and then and then Belichick is gonna not get a quarterback. Uh but back to the picket of it all, you know, oh, okay. we don't know, you know, the the inner workings of these these war rooms as they prepare for drafts right and when you looked at the patriots like on camera reaction to mac jones being available at at was it at 15 they were not like pumping their fists like we can't believe our good fortune nothing about their reaction to mac jones being available said i can't believe we pulled this off like (laughs) oh crap i guess we have to go their body language was like we're gonna get killed if we don't take this guy but none of us like him and i wonder you know going back to marino and Pitt, i wonder if a little bit of that was going on with the steelers where it's like we can't not take him you know this this has doomed us before and and we you know we need to take the local kid there is no hench i am telling you i have no special insight on this i don't know what happened i'm pretty sure mike tomlin doesn't care about that nostalgia i do think that he knows ken knew kenny pickett and had a different level of comfort with him bouncing off of him in the hallway obviously they're they're, they're human beings i wouldn't be surprised if if the rooney's on high if art two was like you know what? Dan always, always uh, was sad that he didn't take that. They didn't take Dan Marino. I could see there being being that mentioned. I don't think that was the driving force. And I do think that the narrative, uh, I will stand by that forever, that you had to take the shot. And as I always say, too, I know everybody likes to say, you set the franchise back. No, you did. You don't have to. You just don't have to lean into the sunk costs aspect of it. Like the Patriots with Mac Jones, like move on from him. If you don't like him, then, then move on from Mac Jones sooner rather than later. I think that's what they're tracking to do. Do you sense that the Patriots are subtly trying to tank out here a little bit? I do think all this noise about Mac Jones is to blame and all that. It does kind of take the stink off of Belichick to a degree and all other issues on the team. It just makes it all about that QB and it does push things into the off season so that you can say like, yeah, let's solve the QB position. Let's get Drake may or Caleb Williams and we'll be good to go for 2024. Right. Well, it is. It's funny because, because the Patriots are in the exact same situation in at quarterback in terms of, the the backup becoming this this conquering hero right and then then bailey zappy comes in does the fake spike and throws the ball right to the other team and he's like oh right he's quite bad too um but the patriots 
because they, they're pretty, I mean, they're very limited talent wise, but they're also pretty banged up. So it's like tanking is it, it's not, you're not asking anybody to not try. You're asking bad football players to try their hardest and lose, which is going to be hard against the giants. Uh, I will say if you were, if you were starting an investigation into tanking Mac Jones throw against the Colts, his his 15 yard throw that was <laughs> underthrown by 12 yards. I think the FBI would be like, we buddy, we don't think this is this is possible. It's like when a when a boxer is holding up the other guy because he's supposed to lose. Like, I, hey, buddy, I dare you hit you. just take a swing at me, please. Yeah, just, just one hit me. Um, all right, let's do go and go. All right, let's we're into it. I, I'm trying to address. I don't know well, who here, I'll, I'll, the I'll goat or the goat is in Pittsburgh. I don't know if it's Kenny Pickett or if it's Matt Canada or if it's the fans, if it's the media. I don't know what to do. I just know that I feel sad for Kenny Pickett, which makes me a goat, a great human being uh, for having such empathy, despite what Kenny Pickett is doing to my favorite pro football team. All right, Daddy Spaghetti, you want to you want to jump in here? Because I, I do just... want to transition into uh, some Caleb Williams talk and what it then means for college football, obviously USC out of things. But there are some real heavyweights and some real uh, meat left on the bone to figure out who is going to make it, this college football final four. But go ahead, Eddie Spaghetti, jump in. Let's I, get I was just trying to make it here. I was just trying to make the transition smoother because I my one of my goats is Tommy DeVito. How could it not be? Obviously, the guy that has the his mom doing his laundry, his mom making his dinner, living at home. Uh, you know, you're supposed to lose that game. The Giants, like, you know, I'll I'll, I'll kind of put this into the tanking mode in a second but like you're on the road you know that's just going to be the Saquon Barkley show I, I can't run it how many times you have to run it with him uh and he goes and wins the game after getting smacked around like I mean the, breaking the records for amount of sacks in a quarter and he still had a phenomenal game 18 26 246 yards three touchdowns uh, a pass rating of 137 uh it, a Giants quarterback has not thrown three touchdown passes in a game since December of 2019, that's four seasons ago. So I, I mean, like to tie it into the tanking conversations, like <laughs> while I'm crazy. very, I'm, I'm, I'm very, you know, happy to see him and the, the locker room is all fired up and everything. What else are you supposed to do for the Giants? Like I can't get mad because they, they still, they're starting their quarterback who never should have seen the field probably in his entire life. You had Jones, you had Tyra Taylor, both have injuries. You put him in, like if you start taking out Saquon and Dexter Lawrence and Kayvon Thibodeau, then the league could be like, well, this is not kosher. We could like, so like, I don't know what really they all they could do besides play your practice squad quarterback. And I think that the thing to remember is what we root for has no ultimate impact, especially when we're on our couch. Maybe your voice like, go my team. If you're in the stands, maybe that uh, creates a little bit of emotion for the, for the team, but this, this rooting for And like we've talked about, Everybody in Houston and beyond thought that Lovey Smith screwed the Texans for a generation winning that game. I guess you, you, you don't know. And in the meantime, it's a weird spiritual posture to take as a fan of a team to root against them. I don't I, you know, I don't want to be Pollyanna about it, but it really is weird. Like, what are you supposed to do? Be unhappy that Tommy DeVito, a local kid, just won the game? I know it is probably not great for the future, but it is a, a strange position to take. And I'm hearing a lot of that again as a as a Steelers fan. Like, Dave, you don't get it. You're supposed to read against him. They got tank out. They got to go three and 14. Like, 
All right, that's not going to happen. So I don't know what to tell you that that's that they're never going to be in that spot. Your team is going to be in that spot. And so it's interesting these these last few games. It's wild. I mean, it's like, you know, the Bryce Young, CJ Stroud coin flip, you know, which obviously the, the, the Texans it fell right into their lap. But, you know, going back to Marino, this, you know, the sixth quarterback taken in the first round and then a, a certain guy who was drafted 199th overall it. This idea that if you that if you do get Caleb Williams or Drake May, you're set. Mm-hmm. And if you right. don't, you're doomed. It's like it just defies all of NFL history. Now, listen, I don't I know we're it, it, we're we're always you always think I start with my bad goat when I complain about the officials. That's just evergreen. That's oh, just, OK. That's just good morning. That's just hello. How are you? The officiating is terrible. Playing the hits, but, they yeah, call that, yeah, right? Exactly. So my, but my actual bad goat is Brandon mm-hmm. Staley, uh, and, and by extension, the the Bolts. You know, I, I, when Tomlin loses, he he says, "Not good enough. Not good enough. Got it. Got it. Got to do better." That Brandon Staley press conference, like I know he knows it's he's nearing the end, and he's he's trying he's going like trying to go in a different direction, like. He's going to be belligerent, like basically what Brandon Staley did after another catastrophic one score loss that where there was no way to lose the game. He basically said it is good enough. Wait, wait, what are you saying? You 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 just lost a game, another game. You had no business losing. I'm confident in this team. Why? Why? I wouldn't change a thing. Like, what are what are these statements after uh, even my dogs? know Tell them, dogs. He's, he's, even my dogs know he's heading to the dog pound. Um, so <laughs> if you look the way the Chargers lost that game, so you've got your your Keenan Allen multiple drops at the goal line, Austin Eckler fumble in the red zone, Asante Samuel pass interference on third and 20, Quentin Johnson, Quentin Johnston, who I thought was going to be a monster. Like I could not believe he fell to them. I'm like, oh my God, Herbert to Johnston, just a Un, an undroppable ball, perfectly thrown, it, it, like an impossible game to lose. Staley, like totally within his rights to rip guys, like to be like, you can't, you cannot take that penalty on third and 20. That is a, that is a coach killer. That is a career killer. He's like, I like what I'm seeing out there. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, it's so insane that he got, that he got mad at the media. Like, no, you should be as mad as the media. Like, what? How are you losing these games? So, Brandon Staley, we won't have him to kick around much longer. Obviously, um, I don't know. I, I I don't know what you know college he'll be working at next year. But um, and then my good goat, real quick. Uh, obviously, it's 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 NFL season. Big slate on on Thanksgiving. Big you know Friday game. It's it's going to be great. But just real quick. I know everyone said Victor Wembanyama, Rookie of the Year, and then if you watch Sports Center, he looks like he's having this amazing rookie season. Now, what he is doing is a lot. I mean, he's shooting a lot. He's shooting forty-three percent from two for overall, and he's shooting twenty-eight percent from three-point land. If you watch highlights, you think he's shooting seventy percent from three-point land. It's like, yeah, he's not a great three-point shooter. He's shooting twenty-eight percent. Now, you know who is a great three-point shooter? The guy who should win rookie, rookie of the year, Chet Holmgren, is, is shooting 57% from the floor, 46% from three, and 91% from the line. Is that while, right? While, while putting up 17 and eight with over two blocks a game. 
for a team that was the first team in the West to double-digit wins. So the Thunder are for real. They're 10 and 4, and Chet Holmgren is the best rookie in the NBA. I love it. And but he counts as a rookie. Yeah, that he was in all the he was the he was the second favorite below Wembenyana in all the on all the odds. Oh and man. I'm sure, those odds have slid toward him because he's the real deal. And what's so funny is like, you know, I remember when Durant came out and I was, you know, still in that kind of old school mindset of like, gosh, man, I don't know if that body translates to the bank, mm-hmm. the NBA. Like, can that body? The bodies have only gotten longer and skinnier. Like, wow, is, how is Chet Holmgren surviving 20 minutes in the NBA? And it's like, yeah, this is length. And 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 somehow 7-1, 7-4, how these guys are coordinated makes no sense. This is human evolution. Like, seven-foot-one guys can dribble behind their back. What is happening? It, it it really is wild. And it is the 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 thing I always refer to with that is the Odell Beckham one-handed catch. It's like it was impossible until somebody did it, and then everybody started they're like, oh, we're allowed, we're 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 cool with showing off our our uh freak show skills. Like, okay, I'm gonna start doing that too. It is a weird thing, like, oh, you can be seven foot three and uh and, and shoot the ball from 24, 25 feet. It is wild. Um I've been, of course, focused in on my, my plate's full right now, you know, between the Steelers melodrama, the rise of pit basketball is looking really good. College basketball underway, all those Maui tournaments and New York City and everything else going on. My pals from Indiana were up in MSG on Sunday night watching UConn whip the Hoosiers, all that kind of stuff. Um, but of course, I'm also trying to get the Penguins out of their um, bad start. And we're doing good work here. You know, 71's turning it on and Chris Letang and Eric Carlson, but Sidney Crosby is rising up the scoreboard in, uh, in terms of, uh, what is he now? Five points back of your guy, the bread man, Panarin, Eddie Spaghetti. This with Connor McDavid struggling as he is, he's still plus 275 to win the Hart trophy, the MVP. Get off of that. Everybody. Spring a little something. If you want to do even spaghetti's guy, the bread man right now, I'll speak nicely. 12. Don't shake your head. What am I? I just don't think him? Crosby is, is 13th right now. He's tied with 13th, 22 points. I just don't see a path. But how far back is he? But he's, he's a, a, six points in the people, back, like the top. People all want the, to do something like that. Spaghetti. Don't you see? This is it's, it's not about the raw numbers. People want to pay homage to this to to this guy i know you don't like him people want to honor guys late in their career look at academy awards how they're distributed scorsese's best picture isn't the one that won the oscar but they're like hey we don't know how many more bites of this apple we're gonna get to honor the old man i think the same thing is legitimately true but the pens have to rise up a little bit i say have some fun sprinkle a little something 50 to 1 on the best hockey player of the millennium i think is worth the roll of the dice if you want to go bread man do that 12 to 1 either way connor mcdavid ain't getting it this year his team may not even make the playoffs it's outrageous how bad they are but eddie spaghetti take it away your goat and goat uh, well, I gave the good goat, um, and this is a perfect okay. segue. So DeVito got the good goat. The bad goat is a hockey one. I'll make it quick because I know that Hench is going to get upset about it. But, I, uh, you know, so speaking of, you know, 
players and and then whatever Crosby has a tie into this with Jacob Truba, but I've uh, poo pooed the the recent hockey fans here who uh, of late like hits that are clean and everyone would celebrate them in the nineties and even the early two thousands. Now hockey players have gotten soft. Our hockey fans have gotten soft, and we've really not loved the physicality of the game. They want it to be more of like the women's style where checking is illegal. Every check you see, you have somebody now on the other team uh, attack the player, even if it was a clean check. So fans now are just programmed that every big hit they think is illegal. And that's just not true. That's not the way the game uh, is, is, you know, refereed. So uh, the Rangers had a fantastic victory over the Devils. Uh, Jack Hughes did return. He did score. Rangers won the game 5-3. But Jacob Truba had probably the cleanest, toughest, hardest hit I've seen all season long on Tomas Nozick. Uh, His head was down in front of the net skating there. Clean hit from Truba. Everyone celebrates it. And then we see now... Devils fans on Twitter and Reddit and what have you are literally asking for uh, him to uh, to be like killed, like death threats. He has actual death threats against him <laughs> for uh, a clean hit. And for the first time I've seen in, in years in hockey that no other Devils player attacked Truba because they knew it was a clean hit. It was a clean hit. And everyone agreed that's in hockey media and whatever, like clean hit, like did not leave his feet, whatever, no shoulder, no head hunting. It was a clean, hard-nosed hit. Uh, Truba's been having a fantastic season, logging over 20 minutes of ice time a game. So clean hit, even the player wasn't upset about it. And then you have Devils fans, obviously they're salty over the loss. And I'm just, just so tired time and time again of just every hockey fan, every time there's a hit, if th- something doesn't go your way, it's he's a dirty player. and he's, he's not. He's not a... Uh, Matt Cook kind of rat scrub who's just trying to call uh, he throw he's thrown some elbows you know he has but listen I hear you send him to Scott Stevens on Eric Lindros hit and let him see if that's a dirty hit if it was you if know. it was if the year was 2003 everyone would be like this guy is the best and one of my team he's a tough enforcer but he still plays great defense he's like and it's just I, no, I didn't I, like Scott Stevens back then either I thought he, but was he gets celebrated. Too. Everyone loves Scott Stevens. And now Truba has this thing where it's like, if he does something, he does anything on the ice. It's a, it's automatically a negative. And this is the first time the hit the the over, you know, the, the main opinion, the majority opinion was like good, clean hit. And then now you still have devil's fans who are like, I wish he was dead. They literally said the guy that obviously involved the incident with the Adam Johnson thing. They said, could he play one more game versus the Rangers? This is the kind of stuff that's coming out versus a guy for making a clean hit. So, I mean, hockey fans just lost their mind. So that was an easy, bad go for me. And um, I, you know, if you, I'll, I'll touch on that, the, the uh, hard trophy stuff too. I mean, with Kel McCarr and even like Jack Hughes who missed a month or basically, and is still like in the mix for top points in the league. And with Pasternak and Panarin up there too, I, I just don't see a path across with too many big name guys above him. That's just my take. I hear you. Uh, listen, I'm saying have some fun. This is a fun bet. That's all the category is there. I'm saying he's, he's having a dot and, and he's turning it on. It's, it's, if he, these were his number, I'm saying, in the last fortnight, he has been the best player in hockey for what that matters. Unless the bread man has been Hench, well, go ahead. I, I know listen, you have some listen, important I'm, thoughts I'm, here. I'm reeling because okay. I I'm know learning, you, you know, know I'm you learning from that. My partners here, uh, Damashek doesn't know how to pronounce Sterator and, <laughs> and, and Eddie Spaghetti <laughs> doesn't know what real quick means. He goes, Hey, real quick, <laughs> I'm going to do my bad go real quick. Then he cites, ironically, he cites, Truba's over 20 minutes of ice time a game while taking 20 minutes to explain <laughs> his bad goat. Like he managed to get in like Jack Hughes's return to the lineup. He's talk, he's getting quoting actual death threats. Like that was the slowest real quick. Uh, I know Hench doesn't want to talk about hockey. By the way, as you guys know, I'll talk about hockey for five hours when we're off the air. I like, I like Sheck's uh, MVP pick because once you remove McDavid, David, 
you are going to start looking at 200 foot players and, and Crosby obviously fit fits the bill, but uh, that was hysterical. Hey, real quick, sit down <laughs> five minutes while I talk about the great Jacob Truba. Hey, Kale McCarr is going to win the Norris. So you don't have to worry about him. Eh, maybe he'll get the MVP. All right, listen, college football. I am interested in the Caleb Williams stuff. I saw Ian Rappaport weighing in. It's funny. Like that's not breaking news. Isn't exactly a reporter, hence you're a journalism guy as well. How would you define that? It's weird when you issue um, commentary if your job is reporter. And it's a weird layer to add to the Caleb Williams story that he chose after the UCLA loss not to talk to the media. Then Ian Rappaport weighs in above that in social media saying like, Joe Burrow, season-ending injury, next day he faced the media. That's the job when you're the face of the franchise. It's like, well, Caleb Williams ain't held to that standard. He's a student-athlete. Obviously, I understand he's not your typical student-athlete, but still, he's not held to the standard that an NFL quarterback is. Very weird, and it does answer, though, when we talk about, like, why did Bryce Young not not for some, but it wasn't like it was 60-40. Everybody, by the time the draft went down, was like, well, obviously Bryce Young's the guy and C.J. Stroud has some weird stuff going on there. This is how that stuff gets out of hand, is that Caleb Williams is a bad guy. I don't know enough about Caleb Williams to have uh, to, to have that, but watch this. It's comments, it's stuff like that that kind of dings a kid unnecessarily. I don't want to get up on Mount Pius about it, but I also feel like that comment puts one up on Mount Pius to say like, hey, got a long way to go before he's Joe Burrow. Yeah, that's right. That That is right. A hundred million dollars um, for one thing. We'll, we'll uh, bridge that gap a little bit. Okay. To the college game, Georgia, number one, Ohio state, Michigan, going to settle their hash Washington and Oregon presumably have some hash to settle next week. Florida state is interesting though, because Jordan uh, Travis now out for the year. So what does that do for the Seminoles going forward here? Um, Seminoles laying six and a half at Florida. Is that a winnable game? Are we prisoners of the moment? Hench, do you remember the Kenyon Martin injury? Of course you do. Number one all season long, a clear number one seed, but then he hurts his knee in the conference tournament. And the committee dinged them. Remember, they gave him a two seed. They didn't, you know, say like, oh, obviously you're not the same team anymore, so you're out of the tournament. But they're like, we're going to drop you because reality indicates that your best player being out is going to make you a lesser team. What do you think you do here if you're the committee in college football? Spaghetti, like 10 minutes ago, you did hear Sheck say he wanted my thoughts on like Rappaport's comments. And then and then he it, listening, waiting for Sheck's question is like you're in some kind of Navy SEAL training mm -hmm. where you've been blindfolded and tossed out of a helicopter and you don't know when the question is going to come. Like, right. what? I'm like, okay, I'm ready on Caleb Williams. And then now we're talking about Florida State. And like, mm -hmm. when are you going to ask me a question? I don't right. like, um, So it, it's like that thing when I put you, I'd give you the air deprivation and then I spin you in that yeah, thing real no, fast. Totally, and then I pull you out I'm and I'm totally like, answer my question. Right. Ian Rappaport, Caleb Williams. Florida State, um, for, I'll answer your non-question with a okay, question. Okay, good, good. Which is like, were there no hip drop tackles when we were growing up? Like this thing, talk about uh, like sports evolution. Like it's like now we see uh, Travis's, you know, obviously the sickening Tim Crumry leg pointing in the wrong direction. 
and you're like clear hip drop tackle. You know, we saw, we saw, was it Logan Wilson, um, you know, hip dropping everybody on the Ravens, Mark Andrews done for the year. And I'm just like, this was not a part of our childhood, right? We just don't, they don't remember Mike Singletary hip, hip dropping. I, I don't know. Like it, it's now it now it's going to be another thing. They're going to give these overmatched referees to adjudicate in the moment. You know, it's like horse collar, you know, it's like, now we're going to have another, the hip drop. And, and that's one where I'm like, I don't know. I obviously, I don't know how you're supposed to get your weight off the quarterback in midair. And I really don't know how you're supposed to tackle a guy from behind who's, you know, 18 inches from the goal line with, without doing exactly what Wilson did. Like you, you got to get your weight on this guy. I, but, I'm not trying to be obtuse about the the tack because I do know what you're getting at. Not you, what people are talking about when they say the the that that type of tackle that it, it is basically you know going dead leg, you know, just dropping your weight. It's what you do if you're a receiver on the sideline trying to get it. You're you, you know you dead leg it basically to to pull the to end all momentum and just drop yourself and drop the guy who you're pulling on. But the nuance of it, to your point, it, it is, I mean, these dopes are going to figure that out in real time. Come on. <laughs> they When they powwow, back to your point where we started here, like when the lead official, when they powwow, it's like, why'd you throw that flag? Like I, I got hands to the face over uh, right in front of me. Like, yeah, but that's 30 yards from where the, the important element of that play just went like. That that the referee doesn't step in like had nothing to do with what the result of the play. We're picking up that flag. They never do that. They're going to assess that in the monk. The games will take forever. I mean, it, it, it's, it's going to be bad. It's I don't know bad. what the salute. I really no, don't. But the idea that you can't review pass interference in the end zone when you can spend a half an hour on the spot. Like uh, this ball was spot. It was spotted six inches too far forward. We'll get the electron microscope out for that. But the game deciding pass interference in the end zone. Yeah, it's nothing we can do. Um, all right. Okay, I'm going to throw ahead. out some picks. Wait then- a second. They're, okay. But they, but do you put Florida State in if they win out? Yes. You do. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I do not. You know, as as, as somebody who, who had a great 20-year run when the unheralded backup quarterback went in for the Patriots, you can't just assume that, you know, that they're bad now. Um, you know, so we'll we'll see. And now a quick break. All right. So so Okay, we, go ahead. We did the Thanksgiving pod and and it's like it's it's super I don't I don't think any of us can find a way to make uh, our picks interesting on Thanksgiving, just given the weird slate of games. So one thing that's kind of interesting is that the three heavy favorites parlayed together bring you down to even money. So, Mm. you know, it's boring, but one hundred dollars to win one hundred dollars on on the Niners, Cowboys and Lions seems like a pretty good return on those three games. Now, if you're like, wait a second. One of those games is going to be close at the end. One of those games is going to be a one-score game at the end. You're probably thinking maybe Lions-Packers, given the way the Lions played against the Bears. What one of those three games is definitely not going to be a one-score game at the end? 
Cowboys commies. Cowboys that, is that, the that one, is right? A, yeah, that is a blowout. There is just, I mean, I think we we are seeing, you know, the the commies announced were tanking, and Chase Young is sacking the quarterback for the Niners now. And I think we are finally seeing that the tank message in the locker room has reached a, a, a maximum capacity where the coach knows he's a dead man walking. The team knows that they're, they're not going to win many games going out and they're going up against a team. The Cowboys, when they're big favorites as they were against the Panthers and covered easily, the, when the Cowboys get up, when that ball starts rolling downhill, when when Lawrence and Parsons can pin their ears back, you know, will Bland get his fifth pick six of the season? You know, these, this is that there's no way that game is close. They're just the, the the physical disparity between the two teams. And I don't think you can even get into the like, you know, the the occasional Thanksgiving, um, you know, Redskins, Cowboys, 13-3 upset. You know, this is this is gonna gonna be a, a legitimate contender blowing out a, a not very good team. Um and then and then uh you know sprinkle a little money on my boy Chet Holmgren to win rookie of the year. I like that. I was just trying to find the uh, the rookie of the year odds and uh, they are down right now on Caesars. But, yeah, that's a good pick. And I do, you know, that, um, you know, bringing things to fruition by imagining them. I, I can absolutely I, I feel like the fourth quarter in Big D is going to be consumed by like the the broadcasters like, oh, it's a good time trying to spin. Uh, get the turducken ready. Dak's going to have it. Mike is going to have a good time here in Dallas tonight. I absolutely see that that game being over by the third quarter, mid third quarter at the latest. Um, the game that's fascinating to me, we cover, by the way, in the uh, the Thanksgiving special edition of the pregame show, we pick Michigan or no, we do that in the 15 minute show, I should say. Sorry, um, Michigan and Ohio State. Uh, that's the biggest game of them all. Um, that one is on Saturday morning, right when we wake up here, 9 a.m. on the West Coast. Before that on Fox, though, you have Oregon State and Oregon the Ducks giving 13 and a half there, the Civil War, all of that. I think the Ducks see the finish line. I don't know if they're going to get screwed. I do think the Florida State factor it looms. I think the Ohio State-Michigan game, depending on how that one swings, if it's a decisive victory, it rarely is. I think Oregon still has a shot of getting in there. Obviously, I say that they take care of business and hammer the Beavers to uh, to the tune of at least a 17-point uh, victory. I say take the Ducks. Spaghetti, how say you? I think the my favorite college football bet of the week, well, I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, the, the University of Auburn, paid New Mexico state nearly $2 million to come uh, to their campus to play football and Auburn lost. They lost 31 to 10. What happens this week? It's the iron bowl. Obviously, you know, Alabama needs to keep winning to stay, uh, you know, in, in the race in here. And, and as we've seen in these polls too, they already dropped Michigan because they want an excuse to get rid of Michigan and they already dropped Florida state because the injury, they want an excuse to get rid of them. So I think they're, you know, they know they're prime for a leap here. If either Washington or Oregon drops a game or even Texas as well. So um, it gets really interesting. So I think that the game that I would hammer in a blowout victory is Alabama versus uh, playing against an Auburn team that just dropped the game. They paid the opponent to play. Um, I wish I had a better feel for either the Washington or the Oregon games here. I guess, you know, Washington almost losing the game to Oregon State makes you feel better about Oregon State versus Oregon. And it makes you feel worse about Washington playing Wazoo, especially after Wazoo's blowout victory. 
over Colorado. And remember when Colorado was good, another four and seven. I, I wanted to bring that up. I wanted to keep it tight. I failed in doing that today. So did Spaghetti. Hench did the best job of it, of the three of us. But yes, I did want to make mention of the fact, as a reminder, like life itself, football season is not just short. It's also long. Remember the Colorado Buffalo well, story you know, and how nothing, long ago that was. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the poor Buffs, uh, four and seven now. Mm. The, uh, the Speaking of long, there is no longer college football story than Cam Rising's college football career. <laughs> I mean, in True. in Animal House, Blutarski says seven years of college down the drain. It's a joke. This guy's going to collect Medicare at Utah. It's it's uh, it's it's out of hand. Year seven for Cam Rising. Last thing, fellas, what spiritually we've made our picks on Ohio State, Michigan. What's the right thing to root for, Kevin Hench? Give us a word here in Thanksgiving week. People are going to be playing their turkey bowls. Otherwise, by the way, shout out to Dave Damashek. I left him out in the goat and goat. How about me? USC, UCLA, once again, victory bell. We all came out winners. Why? Because they both wore their home jerseys. Dating back to 2008 when I got New Heisel and Carol on the phone at the same time on my radio show to agree to both take penalties and give our eyes the treat of wearing their home jerseys once again. But that's in the rear view. Hench, what's, what do we root for spiritually? Do we want well, Harbaugh to win this one or do we no, want to see them get win? Of course not. I mean, it's like uh, I mean, you want – this is kind of a good, this is kind of a perfect win-win for Harbaugh haters, right? If they lose, fantastic. If they win, you're you're irrelevant, I guess. I don't know. But, like, I think you're rooting, like, you know, fan bases, you don't, you don't talk about it maybe as much in college. You know, obviously, pro, pro fan bases can be pretty unbearable, uh, as I say that, as somebody who roots for the, the Boston teams and regrets it every time I, I say hi to somebody in a Red Sox hat. But I mean, these these Michigan alums are kind of unbearable, right? They're they're mm -hmm. they're so smug. I mean, that book, the uh, the Public Ivies, came out when I was in college, and for some reason, the the mediocre University of Vermont was on that list. Like, it's an Ivy League caliber school. No, not really. But Michigan, I think they definitely fancy themselves as a as a Public Ivy. A lot of you're learning how high end their alums are, uh, you know, as they say, bet and they're right, circling the wagon. So the delightful thing would be, you know, an Ohio State victory. And then uh, Harbaugh goes, you know, Harbaugh <laughs> after, you know, all, all of talking about loyalty goes and coaches the Chargers. All right. I guess so. Yeah. And if, I don't know if winning that game enhances his chances of coming back next year. I don't know what to what to do anyway. Enjoy it. Enjoy all the people in your life. Hope you get to spend Thanksgiving with them. We appreciate you listening to us, especially this week. We appreciate all the ears. We'll be back, obviously, after Thanksgiving week. We hope you'll check out the Minus 3's 15-minute pregame show on Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern. And, of course, before that, be on the lookout for a shortened version celebrating the trio of Thanksgiving games plus the Black Friday game, Dolphins and Jets. That's going to be a nice addition to things. We appreciate you checking out all the great stuff on the Extra Points Network, and we'll be back after Thanksgiving to get you right for the rest of the 2023 football campaign. All the rest of it, too. In the meantime, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been the thin slice of heaven. Go eat a lot of pie, everybody. Thinking about you, Deeker.